0: I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back to the PA the Way podcast. I'm your host Kat and... Thanks for tuning in to the show today and for your support, whether that is through following along on Instagram or joining the PA of the FI way Facebook group or signing up for the newsletter and joining several hundred other members who want to stay in touch and updated about what is going on. You can sign up through my website, PA the FI or you can send a message to me through social with your name and your email address that you would like to be signed up under. I also want to thank those of you who have taken the time to leave a review on the podcast player that you are listening to this on, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other type of podcast player. Those reviews really mean a lot and they help others to be able to find the show. My sister and I got home a few mornings ago after 2 a.m. from our joint mission trip that we did to Honduras where I served on the medical team and she served on the dental team. So I have been doing What we all do after trips, digging ourselves out of emails that have come through when we're gone, as well as messages from patients or colleagues or support staff as well. I'm hoping to have a dedicated episode in the future just to share about that trip that we were on. But I just want to say that I am very thankful to have things like cooler weather, AC that works really well. The ability to get simple over-the-counter medications easily as well, and to be able to afford them easily, as well as clean water and not to have to remember to use water out of a water bottle to brush my teeth every day, and to be able to flush toilet paper. I suspect several of you have traveled to places that you have to be careful of the water or can't flush the toilet paper as well, and I appreciate those gentle reminders to be grateful for even the small things that we have in life. So for the topic of today's episode, I wanted to talk about HELOCs. The acronym HELOC stands for Home Equity Line of Credit. And HELOCs are a financial tool that can allow homeowners to be able to borrow against the equity that they have built up in their homes and use that equity to pay for other things if needed in life. So during this episode, I want to explain a little bit more what HELOCs are and discuss some of the pros and cons of HELOCs and talk about some ways that you could consider using a HELOC in your life if needed. Before we get into the details, this is your reminder that none of this information is true financial advice because I don't know your specific situation, nor am I a financial expert such as a financial planner or an accountant or anything like that, but I will share this information and some details from my own life as well, and I encourage you to consult Your financial professionals, if you are considering whether HELOC is a good choice for you or not. So let's review the basics. HELOCs are for homeowners, so not renters. You do need to own a home to qualify for HELOC. Additionally, you need to have equity with your home, meaning that there is a difference between your home's value and the mortgage that you owe on the home. And that equity is used as collateral for HELOC. And HELOCs are also. Considered a type of a second mortgage as well. So, if you are considering a HELOC, it's really important that you truly take into consideration whether or not opening one would be a good fit in your life. And honestly, it can change as your financial situation changes and as your family situation changes over the years, too, along with interest rate changes. The amount of money that you could get for a HELOC actually depends on several factors, including, again, the equity that you own in the home and things like your debt-to-income ratio, as well as your credit score, etc. I also want to point out that HELOCs are different than home equity loans. HELOCs, again, are home equity line of credits. So they work similarly to credit cards, meaning that they are a revolving source of funds that you can have access to when you choose to whereas a true home equity loan is where you get a lump sum of money at once. HELOCs are more flexible in that aspect, and this means that you can borrow money, repay money, and then borrow again up to the certain credit limit that you get when you open a HELOC. That's how it is revolving. Another interesting thing that you should know about HELOCs is that they can often have variable interest rates, and that means that the interest you pay can change with time, sometimes resulting in fluctuating monthly payments, and that can be hard to budget for. There are many different types of HELOCs out there, so you definitely need to do your research and apply to a few, compare different interest rates and see if any of them are fixed or if they're all variable and use that into the consideration as to whether or not you will open a HELOC. Additionally, sometimes HELOCs have what are two phases, and this can be typical for a lot of HELOCs. The first phase is a draw period, and then the second phase is the repayment period. So during the draw period, which is usually 5 to 10 years, that is when you can borrow from the line of credit. Then after that period of time, the repayment period, you cannot borrow more and you have to start repaying the principal and the interest. However, there are some HELOCs that have what is called a balloon payment at the end of the draw period, meaning that once the 5 to 10 years of the draw period comes to an end, then the borrower needs to pay the full amount of the balance that remains that they have borrowed. And if you have a sizable HELOC, then that can potentially be this large amount of money depending upon how big it is. With a lot of HELOCs, you might have what are called interest-only payments, And that means that during the draw period, you might only be required to make those interest payments, not payments on the principal. But then again, that's where you need to see if yours has the repayment period, which you would then be paying on the principal and the interest or the balloon payment at the end. So next let's dive into some of the pros of getting a HELOC. The first pro I touched on briefly is flexibility. So again, once you are given the total amount of this line of credit, You can borrow as little or as much as that amount as you need, and then you can use those funds for many types of purposes. There can be lower costs to opening a HELOC, meaning that sometimes lenders will even cover certain closing costs. Otherwise, sometimes you might be responsible for them. I touched on this pro already, but during the draw period, you often only have to make interest-only payments. So that monthly payment that you're required to pay can be pretty low instead of having to pay both the principal and interest. But don't forget, eventually, you'll have to pay on the principal. Another pro is potential tax deductions. So in some situations, the interest paid on a HELOC could be tax deductible. However, it's really important that you consult with your tax professional about that. And then another pro is that the interest rates can generally be lower compared to unsecured loans or credit cards. However, at the same time, we have seen this year that interest rates have not been as low as what they have been in previous years. So again, you would need to take into consideration if the interest rate of the HELOC that you could get is worth it or not. Next, let's review some cons of opening a HELOC. The first one we touched on already is variable interest rates. So that can be where your payments that you have to pay monthly can be unpredictable and that can be difficult for your budgeting. Another con of a HELOC is the fact that your home equity is the collateral. So failure to make payments for a HELOC could potentially lead to foreclosure. So that puts your home ownership at risk. Another potential con, depending upon your personality and diligence and spending habits, is the potential to overspend. So HELOCs are really flexible, but that could lead to some problems if not used responsibly. Don't be tempted to borrow more than you need and more than you can afford to repay. We touched on that some HELOCs could potentially have the con of requiring a balloon payment, meaning this large payment due at the end of the draw period. Another potential con of HELOCs is that you may be responsible of closing costs and other fees that can be associated when the HELOC is set up. Another con of a HELOC is that the market could fluctuate, meaning that if the housing market declines, the amount of equity that you have in your home could decrease and that could lower the amount that you could borrow or potentially even put you underwater depending upon how close those margins were. And then opening a HELOC can affect your credit score. You do generally need a pretty good credit score to open a HELOC and to be able to get this type of loan. But again, when your debt to income ratio increases, then your credit score can sometimes be impacted and decrease a bit as well. So that's why it's important to always pay back your debts too. So as with many financial decisions, it's essential that you carefully consider your financial situation, assess your ability to make the payments, and understand all the nuances and terms and conditions of the loan. Next, let's discuss some ways that you could consider using a HELOC. So many people will use HELOCs for things like home improvements whether you're trying to update your home or even put an addition on your home. And getting a HELOC uses the equity in your home to add more equity to your home. This is how my husband and I used our HELOC loan, actually. We bought our house that was built in the 80s and the decor and the layout was completely stuck in the 80s. And we used it to start the process of remodeling the house, including adding another living area in the home. So there needed to be more plumbing and gas lines added for more bathrooms and another kitchen, switching the main kitchen out with the dining room and opening up the floor plan. So again, that HELOC jumpstarted the remodeling process. And then from that point on, we have been cash flowing the remodeling process ever since. Back during COVID, when mortgage interest rates were really low, we actually refinanced our house and rolled the HELOC into the new mortgage. So, we ended up closing out that previous HELOC, refinanced the mortgage as a whole for a lower interest rate, and merged our former mortgage with the HELOC loan that we had. Again, interest rates right now aren't that great. At the same time, they're a whole lot lower than what they have been previously, many years ago, like in the 80s, they were super high. So, if you're thinking about doing some home improvements, ideally, it'd be nice if you could cash flow them and not have to pay interest on the money but perhaps you feel like you have a project that you feel really strongly about needing to be done and maybe a HELOC could be a good choice in your situation. Some people will use HELOCs also to consolidate their debt. So, for example, if you have high interest debt, that's consumer debt, and you can get a HELOC at a lower interest rate, some people will use the HELOC to pay off the high debt and then work on paying back their HELOC loan. Some people like to have a HELOC in place as an emergency fund backup whether that's for medical emergencies or healthcare expenses or other emergencies that can happen in life financially. If you have a robust emergency fund, though, you might not need this. Some people know that they have an upcoming expense in life, and they don't quite have the funds to afford it yet, and they don't really want to put it all on a credit card and pay high interest on the credit card, so they'll use their HELOC for that instead. Again, if you're considering that be cautious about how much debt you're going into and eventually having a plan to pay it back. And then several in the financial independence community will actually use HELOCs to invest in other opportunities such as real estate investing or perhaps investing in a business or things like that. Again, that's a decision that you definitely need to analyze and decide how risky it is, but the equity in your primary home could help you have a down payment on a secondary home that you use as a rental property. So once again, as with all personal finance decisions, opening a HELOC does come down to personal decision. Maybe it's right for you. Maybe it's not right for you at this time, but maybe opening a HELOC in the future could be right for you. Or maybe with this information, you decide, no way, I would never open a HELOC because I don't want to put up my home as collateral on a loan. I'm curious to hear your experiences with a HELOC. Let me know by commenting on the post on Instagram or on Facebook for this episode or by sending me an email or a DM through social. Thanks again for tuning in and I hope to see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.